0: Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership, where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. Today is Friday, March 19th. I'm your host, AJ Mastretta, and I'm joined today by Josh Farrago Director of Data Analytics at The Partnership. In this episode, we're going to look at a new report developed by the partnership and Houston Exponential, the organization charged with fostering Houston's tech scene. The report looks at the current tech and innovation ecosystem and the significant milestones achieved in recent years. Josh, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, AJ. Thanks for having me.
0: Before we get started, it's worth noting that just a couple months ago, Partnership Board Chair Amy Cronus really set the tone for 2021 at our annual meeting when she talked about the need to create a technology renaissance in Houston, one that really prioritizes innovation and creativity among new and existing companies. As Amy said, we really can't deliver on the promise of building a strong, diverse, 21st century economy for Houston without such an initiative. And that's part of what this report benchmarks. So Josh, let's start off by setting the scene. Talk, if you can, about the size and scope of Houston's tech industry as it stands today.
1: Yeah, great. AJ, Houston has a thriving uh, tech ecosystem. We have... A lot of ways that we measure that depending on kind of what you want to show, whether you're talking about workers, whether you're talking about the contribution to the overall GDP. So, you know, we have about 700 venture backed startups that are active in Houston so that doesn't mean that we only have 700 startup companies but you know we have 700 companies that have kind of reached that threshold of getting venture capitalists to give them money for their ideas right Got so it, that's right. one way to kind of indicate that they, that they have uh, achieved a level of validation right mm overall the tech industry in houston including software companies and and computer hardware companies uh, basically companies that make products in the computer or software space those companies contribute about 28 billion dollars to the gdp houston's gdp you know ranges around the 500 billion dollar mark a little bit less in years when the oil prices fluctuate yeah so you can see that that's about 5 to 7%. That's on par roughly with what our our overall healthcare industry is. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, b- broadly speaking, we have about 8800 companies in the region that are tech related firms so even that that can kind of branch out into being services that are helping to facilitate IT support things like that so the number of tech workers we have in the region is about 235,000 workers Uh, that includes folks who are in the software and computer industry itself and also tech workers including engineers who are at non-software computer companies such as you know A lot of the Fortune 500 energy companies or the uh, hospital systems or even like, you know, waste management, for example, tech workers inside non-tech industries. That's included in that 235,000. So it's a a huge and robust part of our economy. We get a lot of these numbers from the CompTIA uh, Cyber States Report. Those numbers are coming out actually in a couple of weeks. So I'll put a blog post uh, updating our, the size of our tech workforce. We were 12th last year in the US for the number of tech workers we have. We'll probably be 12th again uh, this year, but I'll, I'll be sure to
0: update those. Got it. We've been talking more and more about SDOs or startup development organizations in the last few years. Can you talk a bit about what these groups actually do and how many have popped up in the region?
1: Yeah. So I think when when we talk about Houston's real success over the last few years, it, it really is this story of the startup development organization. So startup development organizations, if you're not familiar with that term, that's going to be a nonprofit organization. Typically, sometimes it's a for-profit uh, organization that is designed to help support tech entrepreneurs as they start their companies and as they grow their companies. So you can you can kind of narrow in that definition or broaden it out to kind of f- fit your needs. But basically for, for what we consider SDOs, when we're tracking this part of the economy, we're looking at accelerators and incubators. We're looking at co-working spaces that provide some add-on services. We're, we're looking at nonprofits who help to convene uh, the community around tech tech startups. Uh, so I've tracked about 53. Active STO organizations that fit that, that broader definition in the Houston region, and, and of those 53, 30 of them have been founded since 2017. So you can see that over half of the active STOs in the region have gotten started just in the last uh, three to four years. That is an indication of just the kind of growth we're seeing in the, the kind of the net of support that startup
0: entrepreneurs have these days. Got it. Got it. Sort of piggybacking on that, Houston's tech scene has come a long way in a short period of time, as we've been talking about. What's really been the catalyst for that growth?
1: So what we've seen in the last few years has really been a concerted effort of, on part of the business community and the civic community in Houston to really grow the tech ecosystem. It's been a, an intentional move to create new organizations to spur growth to bring more attention to this area of the economy. So in the beginning you had Houston Technology Center which was part of this dot com boom, right? In 1999 HTC got started and it was we're going to help these dot com companies in Houston get started. We want to we want a piece of this pie, right? And so that got started. It thrived for a long time. We had a number of really successful companies get started in HTC, but a lot of folks felt like the organization didn't quite change enough as kind of new waves of of technology emerged. And so you had a period of time where you didn't have a ton of focus on our tech entrepreneurs in Houston, uh, not as much as we had on oil and gas. Part of the reason was oil and gas was just doing so well. So coming out of the Great Recession You know, we had oil prices spiking. We didn't really need to focus too much on our tech scene. You had a few organizations getting out front on this. We had Kirk Coburn with Surge Ventures, who started this really promising accelerator program for oil and gas tech. It's just companies weren't so interested in investing in this area when prices of oil were at $100 a barrel, you know? so right he kind of was early to that. You saw a catalyst happen when, when TMCX got started in 2014. So at the Texas Medical Center Innovation Institute, they started this accelerator program, at really this suite of programs that got started to help biotech companies get started, to help life science companies get started. And from then in 2014, you kind of see this story starts to emerge of these leaders in Houston, these like cast of characters basically starting one organization after another that is helping to kind of plug the holes in our in our network. So Station Houston gets started in 2016, John Real, Grace Rodriguez, they're kind of kind of the leading co-working space to help with mentorship programs. You know, you can start to trace from Station Houston, from TMCX, you know, the development of this broader net you see companies like Data Gumbo, which is thriving, which, is, which has generated, uh, I think, over $20 million of venture capital funding. They've received over $20 million so far. Super promising company. You know, They first officed out of Station Houston. Um, mm. You see other organizations start to emerge in like 20, 2016. TXRX, the Makerspace in the East End, that started in 2016, right? Before then, you didn't really have a place, if you were an entrepreneur, to build your prototype. So if you're trying to prove your concept, you didn't really have a good place to go to use equipment, right? These are all huge barriers for a lot of tech entrepreneurs, especially those in like 3D printing, things like that. And then you just start to see this cascading effect over the last three to four years. We really hit kind of our stride in 2017. Actually, after, you know what happened in, in 2017, AJ. I think we,
0: we, we do. We do. We talk about it a lot in our in our circles, but go ahead. tell Tell our listeners.
1: No I've, you you can break the news,
0: yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of folks in Houston know that we put in a, a bid to be the headquarters uh, headquarters two for Amazon, and uh, we actually didn't make the shortlist. We didn't even get to the top twenty uh, among cities around the country. and that was kind of a wake-up call, I think, as we've we've characterized it and in the business community that we needed to be doing something different in tech and innovation, right?
1: It lit a fire under a lot of people to, to say like, hey, uh, we just kind of took for granted that we were on par with places like Dallas. But we're, we're not seen as being on par with them when it comes to this segment of the economy. And so then the attention turned to Houston Technology Center, which was still around and still doing good work. And it was like, we need to kind of reinvent this concept. And so Houston Exponential took off at that point partnership with the city and with the partnership, uh, John Nordby, who we know, uh, was, was kind of a catalyst in that effort. Um, that has really spawned a lot of activity. So now the organization's run by Harvin Moore, they're doing great work to help support tech entrepreneurs in the city. They're helping to host events and really get the word out. They're acting as kind of a, a go-between for venture capitalists to meet startups in Houston. Number of other organizations like the Canon with Lawson Gao, Impact Hub, which is Grace Rodriguez is there now, you know, those are starting to really build momentum, right? So that if you're a tech entrepreneur in Houston, you can kind of go and find the support that you need, whether it's I'm a social justice kind of oriented tech entrepreneur who may be finding support at Impact Hub. Um, Maybe you just need good co-working support. And that's, you know, and that's the Canon, there's just,
0: there's just more options, right? Um, and so, Josh, it sounds like what you're saying is really the tech scene, the innovation scene in Houston is partly the, the, the growth that we've seen is really in, in large part due to the presence of these SDOs that have really served as catalysts for allowing these emerging companies to really hit their stride. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, 100%. And, and another thing that it's done is just brought more eyeballs from, from the coasts and from other places where a lot of the venture capital lives. So you have Capital Factory, uh, which is an Austin awesome company. You have Plug and Play, which is from California. These have now focused in on Houston and set up shops here, uh, largely because of the activity that's been generated by these other startup organizations. You know, uh, a place like Station Houston being able to incubate a company like Data Gumbo you know which then went over and and grew and and an office out of the cannon you know that is local folks you know it, data gumbo got got funded initially by Houston Angel Network you know which mm-hmm. is just a, a group of of local angel funders now it's getting national attention that national attention drives other people to say hey maybe we need to open up shops and look at Houston tech entrepreneurs in a different way and all, and all that momentum is driving toward what's happening this year with the opening of the Ion, which I think is going to be a complete game changer, the level of what TMCX has done.
0: And, and let's just unpack the Ion for a second. For those listeners that aren't necessarily familiar with the project, you and I really are. But can you can you kind of describe what that is and and why it's going to be a game changer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Rice University has, for I guess over a hundred years, owned uh, this plot of land in Midtown where they had a long term lease to Sears. The Sears building that's set there, they decided we're going to turn that into a hub to anchor Houston's tech scene in the Innovation Corridor, which is basically this four-mile stretch that kind of contains a lot of Houston's most innovative assets, our research centers, our corporations. That kind of all stretches from the Med Center, you know, Rice University, up through Midtown into downtown. And so they're saying, let's put a place right in the middle of that. Let's redevelop... The Sears uh, building into this state-of-the-art uh, facility that can anchor a lot of our activity around tech in Houston. This is this is a model that has been successful in other places, like thinks Kendall Square in uh, in Boston. This has been really successful in uh, Pittsburgh. Has a similar model where they're doing this, uh, basically with some of the neighborhoods they have around. Uh, around robotics that they're developing uh, in in Pittsburgh with Carnegie Mellon, they have a similar concept where they have this in, they have this innovation kind of corridor emerging. Hundred million dollars being invested into Midtown. It's going to transform that area. There are new restaurants going in. There's new development going in. This is going to spur a lot of development in an area of town that um, that that needs it, right?
0: Yeah, and we're we're going to be creating, you know, not just the ion itself, but as you said, the broad this broader innovation district that's also going to house other innovation startups and SDOs and so forth. We even know, you know GreenTown Labs is another SDO focused on energy 2.0. That's going to be just a few feet away, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to be occupying the former Fiesta building that's just across the street. So you have Greentown Labs, which is kind of the premier climate tech, clean energy, incubator, accelerator, um, really in the world. They're based out of Boston. They're opening their second location and it's going to be in Houston. This is a huge deal for Houston. This is kind of... Greentown Labs planting a flag in Houston and saying this is going to be an important hub for the development of clean energy moving forward. They recognize the assets that we already have here in our energy companies that are that are actively working on transitioning themselves into a cleaner cleaner energy uh, industry, right? So so this is going to be huge for for the region. You also have on the east side you have the East End Maker Hub, which. From kind of the seed that our TXRX has planted, that's the reason that we have this this giant investment in the East End Maker Hub that's developing. That the city has pushed pumped a lot of money into. So that's kind of another another wave of development.
0: Yeah, over on the east side. Uh, so it's not just centered around one particular area, but we really do see this decentralization. I mean, while while there is a an innovation district, you see a decentralization of activity around around the city, right?
1: Yeah, this is one of those issues that a lot of people have different opinions about. You know, I think that um, there is a lot of validity to this idea of having a hub and spoke model um, or, you know, this idea that we should have kind of these neural networks pop up all around where we have the canon um, that's kind of a, a center of innovation out west. And to to an extent, we are sort of developing these these different areas in the city that have their own sort of theme to them. But you cannot replace kind of a central meeting area where there are these collisions that are taking place. A lot of smart people working on a lot of complicated problems in different fields, um, having the opportunity to grab a coffee or chat with each other in line or, or sit next to each other in, you know while they're watching a speaker, right? This is how uh, Kindle Square works in Boston, where a lot of these companies have popped up to solve problems. You had two people in different fields who happen to meet and start talking about their work and realizing that there's a lot of overlap. You can't really replace that. You still need that central hub. And so that's what the ION is hoping
0: to be. Awesome. Josh, let's switch gears to venture capital. Houston companies. I think had a record year in securing VC funding in 2020. What did that actually look like?
1: So yeah, Houston raised over $700 million in 2020. We actually raised about the same amount, slightly under that in 2019. What that means is Houston for the second year in a row broke a funding record, Houston startups did. So that, so that is, that is great news. We have to run our own race, right? So I think the most important thing is comparing our venture capital numbers to our previous venture capital numbers, not necessarily comparing us to other, to other cities that, that are doing their own thing too, right? So right. Um, it's tough to say how we stack up uh, against other regions. I think the most important thing is that we're, see- that we're seeing a lot of momentum. Like we are still below Austin when it comes to venture capital funding. And I think that we will be for a long, long time. And I don't think that it's entirely relevant. Austin is is funding different types of companies, so is Dallas. You know, they're they're heavy into mobile phone technology, apps, they're heavy into consumer-facing products. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston is more B2B focused. And so our software that we're funding is more B2B payments, for example. We're we're heavy into life sciences and into, into health tech. These are just types of industries
0: that Houston is is kind of doing well at. So it sounds like the trajectory is is going in the right direction, right? We are we are growing year over year in terms of the VC that we our companies are actually getting, but we still have a ways to go, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a turning point is going to be when we do start to get more activity around the ION when we do start to get more activity around Greentown. I think you're going to see a lot of companies relocating early stage companies relocating in the earliest stages of their of their growth to come to Houston if they're an energy tech company and to grow here. And so I think we'll start to see more venture capital funding coming to newer stage companies that have jumped into Houston to be near the energy companies. That's something that we're starting to see more of because of TMCX with life science companies. So I think that we will see that growth. One area that I'd like to see it happening sooner is on the, the earliest stage seed funding. 2020 was a challenging year for the earliest stage companies just because... It's harder to meet uh, funders online, right? It's a relationship you have to cultivate. Just like it was harder to uh, you know, meet people in any capacity in 2020, uh, venture capitalists and startup founders had the same problem. So I think that that's starting to be overcome and you'll see a lot of growth
0: in that area in 2021. No, it's awesome. I think we all had struggles in different ways, but that makes sense that you you really want to look at someone, you want to meet with them, you want to understand their product when you're going to give them a lot of money. And so certainly those early stage groups probably had a hard time, at, understandably so, but hopefully as we emerge from the pandemic, that gets better. As you know, As we work to rebuild our economy post-pandemic, tech is obviously going to play an important role. Where do you see the most potential for tech opportunity in Houston in the years ahead?
1: hundred percent, it's going to be in basically three areas that come to mind are Houston's competitive advantage areas. And then because of those three areas, you'll see growth in kind of the broader tech scene. So the three areas that we really have strong advantages in are going to be in life science, health tech, um, you know, digital health space. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of growth in, you know, you had, you had a big, uh, company called Second MD, which was a Houston growth story of, of basically a, a, a telemedicine company that started in 2011 that was built around the idea that you should be able to use a computer to get a second opinion from a doctor easily. Uh, that company just exited last year and was sold for nine figures, right? So, so a huge success story out of Houston. You're going to see more companies like that. Then you have Clean Energy, Clean Tech, Uh, So more companies like Solugen, which is a company that's making a cleaner version of plastics, right? A plastic product that doesn't use uh, petrochemicals, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to see more growth in that area and in clean power. And then the third area, actually somewhat surprising how much growth we're seeing in this is is the space is commercial space and Mm. aerospace. You have a company called Axiom Space that's now valued over a billion dollars in Houston, creating the first commercial space. Station, and you have a number of really promising tech startups in this in the space and aerospace realm. And then, kind of the offshoot of that is going to be like hard tech, or this area this area of like tech applied to things in the physical space. Um, so you know, robotics, anything like you know, even drones, things like that, advanced manufacturing. So we have competitive advantages in these areas and what's going to happen is because we're building smart people who, are, who are, have the skills to uh, create software in these, in these, uh, for these other purposes, you're going to start to see the software industry overall start to gain traction. And mm. So, it's, you know, software as a service, which right now isn't necessarily one of our high strengths in Houston, you're going to get a lot of growth in that area just because you're going to have people moving here to be a software developer at a clean energy company and then have an idea to start their own maybe separate software as a service company. That's that's going gotcha. to start
0: happening. So, so by coming here and working within certain industries, they're going to gain that expertise. So they're going to have that expertise, and then that could de- definitely spin off into other directions with other companies that they either found or they work for that are drawn here. Correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You see that all the time. That's where I I know I've referenced Data Gumbo a few times, but Andrew Bruce at Data Gumbo, you know, he was at an energy company. was at in He was at Nov you know, and he had an idea for his own software company. And so he spun off on his own to start, uh, you know, solving this problem through software, um, totally separate from the energy industry. And so you're going to see that happening a lot um, in the coming years.
0: Awesome. Josh, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. Hey, it was awesome, AJ. I uh, love being here. And that's it for this episode of Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. You'll also find links to recent data and news updates. Thanks again for listening to Bayou Business Download.